0: Welcome to the Relentless Minds Podcast with Lori Jimenez, a platform where influential entrepreneurs get real and share their stories of challenges in life that they've had to face head on and conquer in order to be where they are today. Here, you'll get an inside look at the adversities that these individuals have experienced or are currently dealing with, in addition to their opinions on real life matters and philosophies in life. Most importantly, you'll learn what it takes to have a relentless mind, so that you too can stay headstrong in your pursuit of a better future. In this podcast, you're going to get 100% authenticity from people that have figured out how to beat the noise that society creates and have a higher level of self-mastery. Hi, welcome back to Relentless Minds. Today I have with me Vincent Miscelli. Vincent is founder and CEO of Verb an SMS-based accountability platform, and he's also the founder of the Body Blueprint Gym in New York. Vincent, thank you so much for being here today. Okay. I truly appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to talk with you.
0: You're doing incredible things nowadays um, with your verb platform. Um, you also have a gym. Um, you said it was Westchester?
1: Yes, Westchester, New York.
0: Okay, great. And uh, you also have an incredible background. So I would love for you to just... Let us all know right now. Tell us a bit, a bit more about this Verb platform that you're working on. Yep. Um, something super powerful. It's going to help people stay more accountable, um, and also about your gym.
1: All right. Um, so Verb is uh, an SMS-based accountability platform. I've been working on it for, uh, I'd say, about the past 16 or 18 months, and what I believe will happen. Uh, through this platform is people will be able to understand their daily habits and and daily decisions Um, from a few pointed questions on a daily basis you'll be able to start to understand decisions you make why you make them and then be able to recognize patterns in your habits and where you could then you know tweak uh what we've learned thus far is as someone who's Already a high performer making, you know, a 1% change in their life can change, you know, uh, the extra five pounds, running faster, an extra $100,000 a year in income. Like when you perform at such a high level, a very minute change, which you might not have recognized prior, can have massive It's like dividends a domino effect. Yeah. Um, and then for the other side of that spectrum, somebody who can't seem to get anything right, um, you know, they don't like their job. They're not earning enough income. They are overweight. They can't eat healthy. Their sleep is off. They're always sick. For someone where everything's wrong, it's easy for us to start to recognize those habits and start to make changes across the board. Mm-hmm. So a big thing we as humans don't realize is we are notoriously habitual, yeah. right? Um, we, kind of just operate on cruise control most of the day, most of the time, week after week, month after month. And there's so much falling through the cracks that we don't recognize as people. Um, We don't recognize that six hours of sleep every night for six months um, keeps us with that 10 pounds of weight on, keeps us cranky Mm. at work, which makes us not get a promotion, which makes us not earn enough money, which makes us eat on The cascade of effects off of one activity we don't even recognize that we're doing it because um, we don't take the time to understand our own actions. Mm -hmm. So I believe that verb will be that, um, that utility, yeah, Yeah. that like that utility knife in your pocket to help you along.
0: Um,
1: And the end goal of it is um, not just based on SMS, it will end up including voice and video, which Mm -hmm. which was one of our first tests, right? Mm -hmm. Where you end up, talking to yourself and have yourself talk back to you, right? I I believe we have all the answers to our life and we're just convinced that um, there's a magic pill to buy or a magic diet to purchase or a person you have to pay to talk to when in reality we could probably figure most of our issues out on our own. Mm, That's powerful.
0: That's incredible. And you came up with that. You're saying you said 18 months.
1: Yeah. So about 18 months ago, um, 18 months, maybe, maybe a little bit longer actually. Um, March in March two oh two months two years on the years. Uh, almost on the on the head March of two thousand seventeen, um, I decided to write a book, which we were just chatting about briefly. Mm-hmm. But I decided to write a book, um, because a lot of people come to me through my gym, and through a lot of the startup work that I do, and they ask me how. Right, so mm-hmm. the why usually is there for people. Um, And the what is usually there. It's the how that is like this big overarching question mark. Um, How to lose weight, how to give up drugs, which I did, how to start companies, how to earn enough money to live, how to come back from bankruptcy. These are all things that I've done on my own, right? Uh, And I got tired of of trying to tell people how. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just write a book. And I tried, I thought about the best way to deliver that message. And I would consider myself an extremist in all senses. So I was like, how do I make this the most extreme story on how? So what I decided to do from March, 2017 to March, 2018 was only work every single day. Only work. Every day, minimum of eight hours a day. I would remove every single... Aspect of my life Unless it revolved Around my career
0: So that was that period Yeah Right March
1: 17 to March 18 I would work Seven days a week And, and I tell this to people And they say Oh well I work Every day too yeah, So when, when I What I The rules I gave myself Was this I can I had to work A minimum of Eight hours a day I was only allowed To watch TV If I was doing Emails or doing work Um I couldn't do A social engagement Unless it revolved Around making My career better Hmm um, no dates, no movies, mm-hmm. no families. I skipped weddings. I skipped funerals. Um, you know, I got into a huge argument with my siblings because I allotted one hour for Mother's Day in 2017.
0: One hour.
1: I told my, my siblings I would meet you guys for an hour because that's what a normal lunch break would be. Wow. Right? So when I say that I did it all out, um, it was it was as aggressive as you could do it. And the idea was i would sacrifice one percent of my life which is about Mm. 350 days i just rounded up to one year Mm -hmm. and only work and what that would do is change the remaining 99 percent of my life i wanted to highlight that if you gave all into your career once and i don't mean kind of all in i don't mean going to the library and like making believe you're working or studying like actually give everything once you could change everything
0: so what kept you going because that is Okay, when it comes to sacrificing your social life, your family dates, you got solitude that comes in, that loneliness that comes in. Did you experience that at all?
1: So no, actually, and that's you a, didn't. that's a really good question. Out of all the people I've told this story to, no one's ever asked that. So the first thing that kept me accountable was that at the end of every day I did a video log. So I'm Gosh. not a great writer, but I'm a good speaker. Mm. So I figured, okay, what's the easiest way? Okay, so I I figured what's the easiest way to write a book on my how? Cool, I'll Mm -hmm. give everything up for one year Mm -hmm. and then I'll document it. Once I have that and I can prove that that's real, what's the easiest way to make a book? I'll do 365 video logs about what I gave up that day and just give that flash drive to an author author, and let him write the
0: book. Mm,
1: So that's how the whole premise of being self-accountable started where every night I had to say, did you work towards your career? Did you sacrifice for your career? Did you have a productive day? So at the end of every day, I had to look myself in the face in my phone and say, hey, day 10, giving up 1% of my life. This is what I did today. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. This is what I'm going to try to do better. So that was the first stage in accountability, which ultimately became verb. The second thing was um, I was never really lonely because, at the time I had a girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, okay. this process I think was a big factor into why we're not together anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I did some things that probably most girlfriends wouldn't have appreciated, giving up everything for one year, right? Yeah. So um, that was a big learning experience, but I, I was able to spend time with people on a personal level, as long as they were all right with me working.
0: Gotcha. Right? Oh, so got like, you. We, yeah. could, so be we could hang out, yeah. but I'd be working. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Um,
1: yeah. And at the same time, <laughs> I was able... Well, like, can
0: you just sit there in the corner and watch me work? And you then, know,
1: like I spent time cause... with some of my best friends and yeah. my siblings and my girlfriend at the time, and uh, but I was still working. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the most amazing to be around, but it was like kind of my way of it's gaming a the system, oh. right? Um, and then also... You'd be surprised how easy it is to be at social engagements if they revolve around career. Mm. There's a lot of networking, there's networking. dinners, there's, there's different things you could do. So I was always around people. Plus, I own a gym that I was at every day that I have hundreds of people walking through the door mm. every day.
0: There you go.
1: Most of my days, when I wrap up at 7 p.m., I'm done. I have no words left.
0: Hmm. See, that's the thing. So I think with like a lot of other entrepreneurs uh, who are trying to start their business, they're it's like uh, they're a solo. They're a solopreneur, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the work is alone at home, grinding. And yeah. so like, I have to get out and go to a cafe a lot of times. Uh-huh. And I'm okay being at a cafe the whole day because uh, you just see the yes. bustle and bustle and activity of people,
1: mm-hmm. right? 100%. But if
0: I was by myself, ugh, yeah, that would be tough.
1: Yeah. I, um, you know, there's this big there's this big thing going on in the startup and entrepreneur culture right now of like depression and being Mm -hmm. lonely and all this. And I think that's a a root issue of a lot of people think it's just cool to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. Um, which it is right. There's like this really big like push into creating something for yourself. I don't, I think a lot of the people who, who battle issues with being an entrepreneur don't actually understand what being an entrepreneur is. It is lonely and it is working a Friday night at 11 o'clock at night when your friends are out, because you can't help not working. It's like um, making money is awesome and supporting yourself is awesome and earning income without a ceiling is amazing. Mm -hmm. But most people who are driven to be entrepreneurs, I really don't think it has that, that has anything to do with it. It's like this this like innate need to do something that no one else can do.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I have um, a theory on that too because it's like I think that people just don't know what to expect. Yeah. So they have this desire, like me personally, like I'm super driven and ambitious, passionate, whatever. I hate having to listen to people and work for people. And so I'm creating all of this stuff, but I am experiencing this, these different, like these highs and these lows. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're you just accept it; it's part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. And it's different when the person when they meet that they're like, ah, oh, God, ah, oh, never mind, backing up. You know, that's a entrepreneur. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that person's not in it for the long haul. Yeah. So definitely, there's a, um, I'd say there's um, there is that sacrifice and that acknowledgement when it comes to these. These lows, when it comes to these um, these periods, that people just have to realize it's part of the process. You just get through that. I mean, you're gonna tomorrow. You're gonna feel better. Like just yeah. just, just keep going. It's true. And so with Verb, you were for a year you were just dedicated to that. It was working only. That was the yeah. Only thing on so your mind.
1: Verb wasn't a company. It was I was just gonna write a book. You know, called the one percent. Right. If you give up one percent of your life once, you could change the rest of it.
0: Mm-hmm. You so, were saying, though, that there were people that were uh, making that they were coming to you because they wanted to make the changes that you had made.
1: Correct. So what's
0: that all about? So
1: so people started to pro- my immediate circle thought I was crazy. They thought it was an excuse for me to further remove myself from social structures of, mm. of being out and going out to bars and, and hanging out. Um, Which is absolutely OK. Yes. Um, the, the people just outside my immediate circle. Really were intrigued by what I was doing. And they started at, people started asking me if they can pick a goal and like document themselves trying to get that goal. Mm. So I invited five people to become chapters in my book.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, I invited five people who I knew intimately enough that they had a real goal and that they were willing to make real sacrifices to try to achieve that goal.
0: They would be like your case studies. Correct.
1: And they were given 30, 60 or 90 day options for themselves. Mm -hmm. They then chose a goal and I gave them parameters and zero help.
0: And you say parameters, what do you mean? Yeah.
1: Like you want to lose 30 pounds. Okay, cool. You can't eat any processed food. You can't drink any alcohol. You have to sleep eight hours a night, drink a gallon of water a day. Bye. There you go. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had to Google how to eat not processed food, how to cook that, what that means. Like I wasn't their personal trainer. I wasn't their nutritionist. So all these mm-hmm. people, part of the journey was their own education.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Which so, meant
0: they had to really want it.
1: Correct. So these people started and they started eye messaging me videos every single night of like their day recap. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this, these are going to be amazing chapters. You know, like who's giving up liquor and realizing they were an alcoholic and who would lost 30 pounds and who, you know... Um, Learned about a disease they were battling and who was able to change their career. Like these amazing things were happening to people. And each of these people started inviting more people to do chapters. Mm-hmm. And still really no interest in making a company. I was like, this is just going to be an amazing book about the realities of human sacrifice.
0: Yeah.
1: Really, right? Because we all want things in this world. And most of the time, the thing we want most has to do with us removing the thing we currently do most. Mm, yeah,
0: yeah, especially if it's not at all productive mm. or, right. or or empowering.
1: Um, I'll I'll lose I'll use weight because it's it's such a it's such a broad topic, right? If the thing I want most is to lose weight, typically the reason I can't lose weight is because the thing I do most is eat.
0: Exactly, and if you're not aware of that. Right. Then you never know that that's your that's your you know Achilles. If
1: if the thing I want most is to earn more money, typically the thing I do most is I don't work hard enough towards that. Or you spend too much money. Right. Or you spend, <laughs> right? Like so like yeah. and so you, you then look at these sacrifices that are you're actually having to give up the biggest crux in your life mm-hmm. to get the one thing that you want. So we had all these people sending me videos and my phone almost instantly ran out of space so i called a really good friend of mine the only person i knew that i could call same day and have a solution within 24 hours in the tech space Mm -hmm. Um, and i spent a little bit of money and we built what became our proof of concept which was a way for you to record a video and answer one question upload it it would wouldn't save on your phone it wouldn't save on my phone but i had access to it and it was safe.
0: And it was safe forever.
1: It was safe forever. Yeah, we have it like it's stored in Google. like, like Snapchat. Google doc. No, exactly. <laughs> so that. that ended up becoming what now I used as our proof of concept. But those five grew to about 85 or 90 people. Wow, that's incredible. Just documenting their day. And now yeah. some people. And by word of mouth. Yeah, that's it. And some people, you know, used it for a week and fell off. And some people used gotcha. it for two years. And, wow. you know, you, you talk about people who just got into the habit of talking about their day. every mm-hmm. day. Still no interest, still just deciding to write a book. And all of a sudden, like these really amazing changes started to happen. And one of one of the first five people came to me and, and he, he ended up becoming my first investor. He said, you know, I think you, you're doing something really interesting here. Um you're really doing the opposite of what social media is, which is this private documentation allows for honesty. Mm. And honesty allows for real feedback.
0: Exactly.
1: So that's what then Absolutely. completely shifted it from writing a book into making a company around this like accountability to yourself and understanding your behavior. Yeah.
0: And that's where verb came from. And that's
1: where verb came from.
0: Incredible. And so that's been two years in the making. And you showed me what you have going on so far yes. and I've been looking at it and I've been we can have another discussion on this but I've been thinking about incredible ways it's funny that you were mentioning the videos and stuff because I've actually when it comes to my own um, this whole program that I'm creating also creating audio and, and video but it's different because you want this to eventually be the person basically speaking back to themselves correct yeah,
1: yeah so, so the, an, the end goal is going to be the end goal if I can build it Right. So a lot of when you build it, when I build it, right, a lot of the startup world, especially in the tech space, is you're attempting to build something that doesn't currently exist. Exactly. So my hope of building that has to at some point meet the reality of technology that it can be built. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm envisioning a digital lorry Mm -hmm. that can actually talk back to real lorry remembers every day all the conversations you have and then can help you. Exactly. And so my end goal is to build that, but we have to start so far removed from that Mm. and then keep your eye on the price, right? So we may find in a year that it's just not possible to build it. Now, everything that my CTO and my engineering team has told me is that it's a reality. We've just got to build um, all of the foundation Right, like the house of cards has to be Mm -hmm. built so perfectly that we can then just slowly roll that out, which is why we're an SMS platform first, right? SMS platform will be to build the feedback loop of computer interaction with personality, then slowly roll out voice Mm -hmm. and video, and then tie that all together over the course of the next two or three years. Oh my God, that's
0: incredible. That's gonna
1: be some powerful stuff when it's out. Yes, that is the idea.
0: So tell me though, because that's where you are now,
1: but
0: mm-hmm. you've got the crazy, crazy history of, of things that you've dealt with to get to this point, Correct. this huge journey. Tell, tell me where you first jumped into, I guess, the entrepreneur space or, you know, just where you started to, to really look into what, or, or try to discover what it was that you wanted to do. Cause now it looks
1: like you've found it. Correct. Um, I would say I probably I, pr- I first jumped into the entrepreneur space in college where my my business partner in college who was also one of my best friends um, we ran like maybe t- somewhere between 20 and 30 parties a week throughout the state of Connecticut. Wow. Um, where at the time in around universities kids went to a bar or nightclub seven days a week. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen anymore, but at the time that was a thing. So you're talking about for four years, my business partner and I were out every single night. Right? Um, I worked a full-time job at a mutual fund company, went to class after, so I took predominantly night classes, Mm -hmm. and then I was out at night. That would probably be my first real company that I started. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that I went and worked on Wall Street, and then my partner from college reached out to me and he wanted to then get back into the hospitality nightlife business. And I walked away from wall street and we invested and built our first nightclub. Um, and that was when I was, I was 2008. Uh, so 2008, 2009, um, which would put me around 25 or 26. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we built our nightclub in Manhattan, which then led into involvement in, um, to other brands as well as as investors. Uh, during that time, I then started helping people start their own companies, raising money for them, consulting for them. Um, you know, I, I, I a lot of time met people who had money and no biz- business or business and no money. And I started really getting good at helping people match, like matchmaking in the startup culture, right? Um, during that time, I'd started a few other businesses, some, were, some worked, some didn't. Uh, and during the, the lifespan of my nightclubs, um, halfway through, I became the managing partner of them. We, we internally shifted around kind of the C-level of them and I, I became um, the head of that business and ran that. Um, all while gaining a hundred pounds or so. Oh, right? okay, yeah. Because so. you were dedic- you were working
0: so much, you completely neglected yourself. Well, yeah.
1: Also, like drinking thirty vodkas on the rocks a night, and, and smoking, and doing drugs, 30? and partying. Yeah, I mean that we thirty
0: vodkas. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> we would drink. We would drink a lot. So I would, I, I was. Oh my goodness! I, I indulged pretty aggressively in my twenties while we were in that in that industry. So I ballooned up to about 240 pounds, right, at 5'6", right, you, for anyone listening, um, I'm not exactly what you would consider a tall gentleman, um, and I, I walk around today at about 165. Mm-hmm. So I went from 150-ish to about 240, you know, maybe 155 to 235-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that was also looming in the background, mm-hmm. right? So. Drinking every day, I smoked cigarettes every day. I did cocaine most days. Like, wow! I, I yeah, I, I indulged pretty aggressively, um, all while losing all my money. Right, so there was like this, this like facade of my life that I was keeping up knowing that gotcha. my businesses were on their way out
0: so currently what was that business that you were what were you doing um, juliet
1: towards? supper club was my main business so
0: it was the nightclub it was this the period nightclub. where you were running yeah. the nightclub yep. that you were drinking that you were doing drugs yes. heavy drugs, and losing all your money because you were living this this luxurious lifestyle in the eyes of others
1: correct so and that's a good way to put it i was i was Definitely living a facade to keep, to upkeep my appearance while my nightclubs were faltering. Mm. Right? Yep. Um, My nightclubs ended up having an untimely death due to an untimely death. There was a murder in in Juliet and I just walked away at that point. Um, Was it just like,
0: was it someone you knew? Was it something random? No, it was just Just a
1: complete random act of murder. murder. Yeah. and, I, and after that, I I looked at my, my two partners um, and we were having some internal partner issues to begin with, gotcha. and I just said, I'm good.
0: And this is, was this when you experienced bankruptcy? Like yeah, you were... so,
1: so when the club ended up getting shut, a lot of my investment and a lot of the debt on the business was left personally guaranteed to me. Um, so I just scrapped yep. and started over. Mm. Um, and it was interesting, I've since walked five or six people through personal bankruptcy. Um, there's this weird, like, stigma to it, and <laughs> it's not a thing. It, like, it's a, it hasn't affected my life in any form. I think the only thing is, like, credit,
0: right? Which is- Yeah, but
1: I, I had zero. There wasn't a score, it was just zero. Gotcha. And then I, and then, so, so my bankruptcy went through in 2013. Um, and I didn't have a credit card for years. Uh, I, have, I have a corporate lease, obviously, because I own another business. So it didn't affect that. Huh. It didn't affect my background check on that. Um, it really hasn't affected my life in any way. And I've yet to see. Now, I haven't had to buy a house. I hear that that's a yeah. big issue. Yeah. Um, but really, it just allowed me to start fresh.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and I would... Erased
0: I would, all of that. Yeah, panic. I
1: would... I would give advice to anyone listening. If it's something that's even a possibility, just do it now. Just do it.
0: Just, ban- just file for bankruptcy. Right? Like
1: uh, I would consult an attorney <laughs> and, and really see the positives and negatives of it, but yeah. I haven't had any downside to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that that allowed me as, a, as an entrepreneur just wipe the slate clean. Mm-hmm.
0: So how old were you at this point?
1: In 2013, so that's six years ago, okay. right? That. <laughs> Is that yeah. six years ago, right? That puts me <laughs> at like 28, okay. 28, 29, mm-hmm. right? Um, and from there, I was able to just truly, as far as credit and history goes, just be fresh, start fresh, mm-hmm. right? And then you started, what was the next
0: thing that you did? Because that was so, heavy. Like
1: that. Yeah, that, that was a lot. Well, So the gym, so I opened the gym in 2014. So we're five years old now.
0: Oh, that's
1: amazing. Right? So yeah. I started the gym in 2014. Um, I had also had um, a promotional products and um, custom apparel business that I started sometime mm-hmm. in 2009.
0: For the say, for
1: the
0: um, body blueprint gym? No, this is just a completely it's separate different. business. Um, one of my best
1: friends from school, she had been in the industry for like 15 years at the time. Um, and she had a, a falling out with her partners. She was looking for a new partner. So... I got involved with her in, in I think, 2009 or 2010. Um, we've recently been acquired by one of our competitors. So in 2014, that was still going on. Um, and so I'd filed bankruptcy. i had opened the gym. I still had that business. Uh, and I had done a little bit of consulting to make ends meet. Mm. Right? So I think there's a, a, another big misconception that, like, as an entrepreneur you're automatically wealthy
0: and no like you way. automatically
1: make a lot of money
0: Absolutely and i not.
1: talk to a lot of people and and i explain that to people who have regular jobs right and work for a company that want to leave the first thing i say to them is i said listen you get paid every thursday typically right direct deposit Could you imagine that going away for one year?
0: And you don't know when you're gonna get paid or if you're gonna get paid. Right,
1: so the last time I received a direct deposit W-2 payment, I think was sometime in 2010. Hmm. Right, so now we're coming onto a decade of, of that, but that's not a thing. And for anyone who wants to go down this path strictly for money, you have to be so diligent and so focused to last the downs. Exactly. I don't know anyone who is, right? Now. Not yet. Not yet, right? Because it's
0: a process, like you have to go through these trials.
1: Well, you you have to, so verb, right? We're about two years in. Mm -hmm. I've made so many changes along the path and so many times I've looked at myself and said, is this a real thing? money can't be the only motivator it can and you hear people say it and it's like so cliche like you hear like Steve Jobs saying and you hear Gary Vee saying and you hear all these people that are like it's got to be more than money because you could just go punch a clock and if you have skills you could make six figures a year you can right? and um, there's security there and there's security and and there's health insurance and there's benefits and there's all these things so it takes a lot to opt to work Friday at eleven o'clock at night, as opposed to watching TV. Mm-hmm. Like it is a lot working. It has to be this, this again, this innate drive to create or be or do something that otherwise isn't there.
0: You have to have and you have that purpose and that passion. Like your vision has to be so much bigger than just something that's for you. Hundred percent. Because like what you're doing, and what I've seen when people are are. Um, entrepreneurs who are successful and they're creating something and they're dedicated to it and they're feeling fulfilled it's because what they're creating is to help is to make a big impact in the lives of others like what you're doing is going to do that. Like what I'm doing is going to do that like whenever that focus shifts to hey I'm not making any money mm-hmm. I get burned out mm-hmm. like that stress goes up I'm not motivated I'm not inspired but then when I start seeing somebody reach out to me, hey, this post really helped me with this. Somebody else saying, hey, I really appreciate that you shared that message. I'm like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. 100%. And so for everybody that talks to me about like, how do you stay motivated, it's because I mean, my, my passion and what I'm creating is not for me. Yeah. Right. It's not about the money. I'm not making any money at this current moment in time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the idea of the future. Yeah,
0: and it's the idea of the future, and that's going to keep you going. But the the end point is that the more lives you impact, the more you're compensated. Like, that's just going to happen, right? But that's not where the focus should be. The focus should first be on impact, and then income comes later. But yeah, you're absolutely right. When it comes to a lot of these people just being focused on on income, just on money. And if it's just there, if that's just what they're looking at, they're not going to last.
1: Yeah. And you might get lucky and it might work. I just, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that it's, at least for me, it's not the right thing. Because I've had money um, Mm -hmm. and I've been dead, completely dead broke. There wasn't that much of a difference except I had less things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: And what... What made you um, keep going like when it came to you being having to file for bankruptcy and just staying focused like there must be a because I believe this because I've now been discovering my own philosophy in life. Mm-hmm. Do you have a philosophy in life that you follow that keeps you going, keeps you motivated, keeps you focused?
1: Yeah, so there's a there, that's a really interesting question. So when I lived in Manhattan and I knew that that everything was going to completely crumble, I. Um, I stood on my balcony and I thought about like throwing myself off of it. And ironically, I never, I never in my life actually considered myself that—that that I was suicidal at a point, right? Um, and I still don't, because I remember looking down on 24th Street, which is where I lived, and I was like, yeah, I don't really think my story ends like splatted on the floor. Um, and it was, it was like, it felt like now a 10-minute ordeal, but it was probably five seconds because I was also high, right? <laughs> So like, it was probably like such snap thoughts where I'm like, cool, I'm gonna climb over my balcony, which I did, and then I'm like, cool, Uh I'm gonna jump off. And then I'm like, "Ah, I don't think it ends here. And I climbed back over and then that was the end of it. I never thought of it again. And now like later I tell the story a lot um, because for me, I guess you would consider that the bottom, right, I don't actually think losing my money was the bottom, that might've been the bottom. to where you hit the bottom of that bell curve and then you start the upswing. Um,
0: that was after you You had...
1: I hadn't lost all my money yet. I knew started. that it was really close.
0: So you were about, so this was before you had to file for bankruptcy. Correct, gotcha. yeah, yeah,
1: okay. Gotcha. So um, like I was still living in a million dollar apartment at the mm. time, right? Um, so like as far as what like drives me, there's, there's two, there's a few, I guess quotes that I live by. One I have tattooed on me which is even Rome will fall. That right, so Rome was the most pow- like one of the most powerful if not the most powerful um, empire, yeah. empire ever and they were eroded from within, right from by their own people. So the the concept of even Rome will fall that it tells me two things that no matter how big you get, you can always be toppled. And no matter how small you are, you can always rise to the top. Hmm. Right? So that's something that over the years I've always thought about because when I felt like I was at the top of my game, it only took something completely out of my hands to crumble Aye, it. True. And no matter how low or small I was, I could always rise back up. The other thing, and I've said it for my entire life, and people disagree with me, is I don't believe success comes without failure. So success does not come without failure. You have to be really willing to just smash your head against the wall over and over and over again to achieve any form of real success. Mm-hmm. We're told going, getting up and going to work every day is success, and I don't think that that is. I think that like real success takes failing over and over, and being told no, and being embarrassed, and stepping out of your comfort zone, and being in dead last, and all these things that build character and thick skin that otherwise like you're just coasting. So those are those are two that I've always lived by. Um, and then my father, my whole life has always told me, don't miss a minute. No matter what I was doing, he always said, don't miss a minute. Um, and that, that is something that whether I was partying or working or whatever, it said every minute that goes by, you could never get back. Mm-hmm. So you just have to use all of it as efficiently, whatever your efficient is, if you like partying and not working and watching TV, then Do that wholeheartedly, unapologetically. Mm -hmm. And be, it's your life, it's your story, it's your book. Write it however you want and be happy when you wake up every day that it's the way you want it to be. But if it's not, there's no one to blame but yourself. Mm -hmm. So there's no one, right? There's no one to blame if you're not earning the money you want except yourself. There's no one to blame if you're not happy every night except yourself. Exactly. And you have to be able to be real that, the minutes you're spending are being spent towards whatever it is you actually, want. whatever
0: you're putting effort into. That's it. And I think people lose sight of that because the truth of the matter, and you know, if someone's in a position where they're they're dead broke, they've got all of these problems, and you come and you say it's your own fault, like that, a lot of people will be like, "What the fuck?" It's you know? super hard.
1: It's super hard.
0: But the moment they take, and I've seen this in my own life, but the moment you take full, like complete responsibility for your life and every decision that you make, everything changes, everything, everything, because the truth of the matter is that you can get out of whatever, everything can change for me, for you within a few minutes, like right now I can be, I can have a job that I don't like, I can be in a relationship I don't, I'm not satisfied with, I can have certain people in my life that I don't like. Tomorrow that can all be gone if I made that decision. But so many people don't because it's painful mm-hmm. for them and because they don't know what's going to happen next. And so they don't make that jump. Okay. And it stays, it keeps them in a life of complacency and just utter regret and sadness. But just making that decision is what's going to move them forward. Yeah.
1: And it, it cascades on itself. Once you make one decision, all of a sudden you're... you're you have this new direction. That new direction then is followed by another decision, and then another decision, and then another decision, and then before you know it, you're you're in a completely different place than you were one week ago, two months ago, one day ago. Right? It's like it just stacks on itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the fitness industry, there's this idea of if you're just one percent, if you just get healthier one percent every day, you'll be a whole different person a year from now. And mm-hmm. you could apply that to anything. But if you just make one decision better every single day, by the end of the year, you'll have 365 better decisions than you would have made otherwise. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and so like that, you're bringing up the whole 1% of life, your life that you sacrifice, the 1% of improvement every single day. Like I think people need to take away that progression in life, you know, taking control of your life, it can happen with just these small little steps, right? Mm -hmm. It starts with a small little step, every single day um, and that's what makes in the overall arching time of your life it'll make all the difference
1: yeah
0: it's crazy because like nowadays and I just want to talk about this because like your dad mentioning like um, what, what it was about every minute what was don't saying? don't
1: miss a minute
0: don't miss a minute nowadays when it comes to even entrepreneurialism people feel that you need to succeed quickly. Like you need to, you need to get to a certain point and you need to start making money quickly. Right. Yep. Like that, that accomplishment needs to come up. Soon. And if they don't meet that, they become discouraged. Uh-huh. And that's something that is society driven. Like it's just, it happens because when you were mentioning about how people don't and I, and I brought this up about like how people just don't expect they don't know what to expect in the world of entrepreneurism because what they see online is all flashy 100%. you know it's like you only see the good stuff mm. you don't see the hours of suffering of, of not the hours of suffering but like all of the time no, like, it, like is. The <laughs> it is sometimes hours of suffering you know um it's just doubt right fear like you were imagining with verb it's like not knowing where it's going to go like that that can become discouraging at times 100%. but you have to stay focused yes. right you have to say it's faith it's faith like you have to say it's like I don't I can't see it but I believe yes right and so a lot of times people they just see that one thing and they're like oh entrepreneurialism is freaking awesome I'm going to go and pursue yeah. that and they start down this little rabbit hole <laughs> and then they're That's like crazy.
1: oh damn dude nobody told me about this stuff <laughs> right so I'm going to turn I'm going to turn it back on you for a moment old are you I'm 23. Okay, so you're 23. So you have 23 years of habits and decisions you've made towards something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You you had an idea of what your career was going to be at some point, Mm -hmm. probably somewhere around 17 or 18, you might've had Mm -hmm. this like formulation of a concept of where you wanted to be for your life, whatever that was, right? So probably up until 16, 17, 18, whenever that happened, most of your habits that were formed were based off of your parents' influence yep. and off of your friends' influence. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like in society, school, putting along to get through, you know, whatever the SATs or school, getting into college like all these decisions were made for things that were lined up for you prior to your even knowing they were mm-hmm.
0: lined yeah. up. Yeah, awareness.
1: where is? Right, then comes 17, 18, 19, where you start to formulate your own opinion, and every decision you make is roughly based around that decision of your career and the life you want, right? So now you've got 23 years of decisions made towards something. Let's just say you leave today and then tomorrow you wake up and you wanna be a painter. And I don't mean like an artist painter, like a guy who paints interior, right? Or a lady. Oh
0: yeah, just walls. Just like a normal (laughs) painter,
1: right? You've now got 23 years of decisions that have nothing to do with
0: that.
1: So you've got to undo all those habits, undo all that learning, and then start to make decisions towards that. Uh So I don't think people understand how programmed we are, typically away from what we end up wanting in life. As soon as we decide we want something different, Mm -hmm. even if it's like a love interest, right? Say you're in a relationship for two and a half years. You've made decisions for two and a half years based around an entire other human being.
0: Mm.
1: And when that changes, right, you then have to undo all of those.
0: I hate that. And that's right? why it shouldn't be that way to begin with. It's
1: just so <laughs> I don't think I think people underestimate how challenging changing our behavior can be.
0: Yeah. Right? Um, Especially if you don't have the awareness of what your behaviors are. Right.
1: And how long it can take to do something like that. You know. A lot of people, when they ask me how to lose weight, most of them are already overweight. Mm-hmm. Now, how long have you been overweight for? If you've been overweight for 25 years, and I'm no scientist, you're talking about fat cells that have been in your body for 25 years. Yeah. My assumption is that they're not going to just evaporate overnight. They're pretty comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, and You're going to
0: have to do more work than the person I, who just gained weight. It quickly, year. Right. And yeah. I use,
1: I use a tree analogy. If you buy a property that has a tree, that's 500 years old in your backyard. And that first year in the house, you plant a tree next to it. And it's one year old and you plant it. And then five years goes by and you decide you want to take both of those trees out. It doesn't take a lot to figure out the 500-year-old tree is going to be way more challenging to get out of the ground than the five-year-old tree. Mm-hmm. So I use that analogy with fat or even with habits. Like with habits. a fat cell that's 30 years old and one that's one-year-old, the one year old's going to burn off quicker. Yeah. And the, the stubborn 10 pounds, as we call it, are typically the last weight to come off, are yeah. most likely the first pounds you gain when you go overweight. Mm-hmm. Same thing with habits the habits you've only had for a year are easier to break than the habits you've had since you were 12. So if you've been um, someone who cut corners since you were 12 and now you're 23, it's gonna be hard for you to walk everything to the finish line if you've always cut corners. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, it's just a habit that you've had for such a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Undoing that habit is gonna be more challenging Mm -hmm. than say drinking, which maybe you only picked up drinking when you turned 21. Exactly, yeah,
0: and so uprooting that habit and changing it just experience a lot more discomfort is essentially what you're, people need to accept. Correct. Like, it's not going to be an easy road for nope, you. of course not. I mean, changing habits is already something that's difficult, but if you've been having it for so long and you've been going about this way in life this long, it's going to be so much more uncomfortable. But I think what you're creating um, with the verb, that awareness for people, it always starts there.
1: Always.
0: Everybody. I mean, like, so many people. I think that's, like, the root of this problem of just people living a shitty life. You aren't aware of what's causing your downfall. You don't even know what's going on in your head. Like so All of these thoughts, there are automatic thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm learning about too, um, that just pop up. You're not even aware of it. And so all of these automatic thoughts, automatic habits, they're not aware of it. But if we have a platform or something that is able to draw that attention and make and bring that to like in front of you, then we can start making those changes because we start to develop more of that awareness. Correct. Yeah. I love that. It's great. And so you're, you're two years in the making. It's going to be a lot more, probably a few more years to actually get the final product.
1: So we think that, um, the ready for the public product will be sometime this year. And then what we, yes, the final vision mm-hmm. of what I want mm-hmm. will be probably a few years out. Um, but we will be ready for the public, um, Within the coming months. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's incredible.
0: I can't wait. And um, I look forward to seeing how all of that plays out <laughs> and maybe even giving it some tips because I have a little bit of some brain cells in here I think might might work for you. <laughs> always,
1: always, always. Uh, any, any tips and tricks are always welcome because as an entrepreneur, we have to believe what we're doing is 100% correct. And in order to do that, you have to put blinders on. So when you have blinders on, it's really hard to listen to others mm-hmm. because you have to be able to numb out negativity and just stay your course. So it's always challenging to hear criticism. And I, I typically always try to start with criticism. I want to know what people think I know I'm doing wrong because if you believe the sky is red and I believe the sky is green, one of us is wrong. But we're only wrong to each other exactly. so that means you have a belief and you're rooted in that belief for me to not at least listen and try to understand we, that
0: the reasoning behind is it is
1: way too close-minded for me yeah right i
0: think as long as it also doesn't shift you away like there are some criticism where people will be like this is completely bullshit." <laughs> just drop it yeah, yeah as opposed to this is a great concept mm-hmm. here's a little bit of maybe a tweak yeah. to make it even more
1: powerful I learn more from people I disagree with than more than, than like-minded people, mm. by far, mm. um, because someone I disagree with that I'm able to have a discussion with, it just allows me to view something from a different lens and perspective. For sure. Um, and it's really challenging for people to do that. We're in such a polarized world now that it's it's really... Hard for people to have intellectual conversations from different points of views Mm. and it could be anything It doesn't really make a difference. It could be like that. I thought these the lights in the room were in should be one chandelier as opposed to six separates We could have a discussion about that. Yeah Um, And one of us will come away learning more than the other and Mm -hmm. typically it's the more open-minded person.
0: Absolutely quick note on that. I mean for me so I came from a very religious background super religious Mm -hmm. Christian? Um, Christian Christian, okay. and uh, I was taught from I was born in it right so what I should think what I should say who I should be with what I should believe in everything was conditioned Right? everything was taught to me from when I was a kid so when I broke away from that because I was just that's just just go-getters people that just they know that doesn't something doesn't feel right and I mean something better like that was me and I broke away from that but I had to recreate my identity like I had to say I want to be here but something's holding me back and it was from this background of these beliefs that I had right and this conditioning that I had that I had adopted so having to reframe that all that and figure in creating new things it, it had it created a very open-minded way of me because I had to be open to the concepts and philosophies and ideas of other people of books and so when I have these conversations with people I'm like Don't agree with me just because I'm maybe very persuasive, (laughs) but like, tell me what you think. And it's, I love getting that. And it, 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 does take a person's willingness, yes, a willingness to learn, a willingness to, to understand more than what, what's in their head. That's where it starts. So I love that. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, just to wrap up the interview, unless you wanted something else to say something else.
1: Uh, no, I think I'm pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I think we're good. We, we touched on a lot of topics. So it was, it was, <laughs> I know, I it. It was a really it. good conversation.
0: Um, I wanted to ask you, is there a book that has made a huge impact on your in your life that you'd like to share with
1: fans today? Yeah, so there's one, so, uh, that's a really awesome question. I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I allow myself to watch roughly one movie a week, and otherwise I'd do my best to just read as much as possible because um, it's something we've gotten away from. A book that I read every single year is called S.W.A.Y., S.W.A.Y., and the whole premise of the book is how seemingly small, unrelated activities and decisions can lead to an otherwise amazing outcome or horrible outcome, mm-hmm. and, I, and I read it because... A lot of times we don't notice decisions we're making that, again, cascade us towards this outcome. So I try to read it once a year. Um, I also uh, recommend it to anyone who asks me about a good book. Um, And then I read Who Moved My Cheese, which is like a 40-minute read, Uh and I make all my employees read it. Um, It's really just about the incapability of humans to make a decision. Gotcha. Um, So it's a really quick read. And uh, that those are like my two go-to books. I this morning finished the David Goggins book, um, Can't Hurt Me.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's because it. I'm
1: meeting him next weekend at a retreat that we're doing um, with a childhood friend of mine, the High Performance Lifestyle Retreat. Right? It's High Performance Lifestyle Training. And that's it's a three-day thing. So I read that book, which is really cool. Um, uh, just about mental fortitude. It um, He highlighted ways to just attack your mind differently. So I was really skeptical about the book, and I'm, I'm happy to say that I was stood corrected. Yeah. But my go-to book is Sway. Sway. It's a really, really good book.
0: Awesome. You got some really good advice today. Yeah. Sway, Who moves My Cheese, and Can't Hurt Me. Can't hurt me, yeah. Awesome. Love so, I love it. I saw that book a lot, actually. Um, a lot of people were talking about it. Yeah, it's a, it's
1: a great read, really about your, your mind. Um, at okay. least that's what I took from it. They, he talks about a lot of different things. I really looked at it as this way to like, as he puts a in your mind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing I took away from that book is he tried to be uncommon around a group of uncommon people, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting, interesting way to concept, be, right? You're already like a Navy SEAL and you're at the precipice of like physical fitness and and like you know some of the most dedicated elite people on earth, and he was still looking how to be even more uncommon around those people. And I'm uh, like, oh, that's really amazing. Like, how do I, how can I look at the people I'm around and be even more uncommon already? So that's, that's something that's pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. I'm gonna look into that book myself. How about um, you? Do you
1: have a book that I you have,
0: like? Oh, I have, I have two books that made the biggest impact in my life, mm-hmm. um, and that I always talk about when it comes to. Um, changing your belief systems so when it comes to going from conforming to non-conforming and one of them was um, the road traveled by Scott Peck he's a psychotherapist and he talks about how he brought this whole concept about how your 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 past experiences with family your upbringing things you've gone through how it can how it can make you have a perspective on life on yourself world right that is very very contrast to um, or contrary to reality and if you allow yourself to just believe these things that are disempowering and untrue you can live a life that's not your own and just stay in that state for the rest of your life and so I that brought that to my attention so I started to go through this period of rediscovery I questioned everything If I thought, if I saw like two people kissing and I was like, oh, that's disgusting. I'd be like, why am I thinking that? I'd question everything I did, I thought, I believed in. Mm -hmm. Because I was asking myself, is that what I feel? Or is that because I was told that by a friend, by a family member? And you know, right? Like, you know, if you you see something like two people kissing, two men kissing, and I'm like, ugh, I have a feeling... You know where that comes from, like you know, I like for me, it's religious, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, it's because my religion told me that that was not appropriate.
1: Yeah, we're conditioned to be to to believe and feel certain things based off of what we were told and shown. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly, and that's that's our identity. I mean, those things help create our identity and our our perception of, of how things should be. Um, should be. That doesn't mean that. Yeah. That's how it's how it is. Um, and so I, that book really, like when I was reading it, I just shh, completely transformed myself. I was living with a lot of guilt because I, I had left this religion and I had been shunned by my family and friends for it. Uh, and so like everybody I grew up with, right? Everybody was like gone. And so I lived in a, uh, with guilt because I was thinking it was my fault. I was in the wrong. I came to accept that they were in the wrong to not... To not uh, accept me for who I became, but at the same time, they only knew what they knew. Yeah. So I couldn't blame them. Of course. So I was in a position of peace and just a different mindset moving forward that I am like too bad for them, but I'm I'm, I'm fine with where I am and I need to keep going forward. So that was one book. And the other book that I read was The Go-Giver. Okay. And it really introduced to me that what I wanted to do in life was to help others and impact the lives of others in the biggest form possible. Because reading that book really resonated with me, and I, mean like I cried towards the end. So I'm like, this is real. Like, this is a real feeling. Everything about, because I was in this time, that I was reading this book, I was um, in real estate. I was working in investor business, right? So there's a lot of money, and that was my main motivation was money. Mm-hmm and it was still unfulfilling to me and so reading this book and seeing how this person shifted his focus on not financial reward but relationships and helping others and uh and that was like this is exactly what calls to me and so i knew at that point i need to shift my focus and i don't take long i'm like that decision is made (laughs) And so those are the two books, The Go-Giver yeah. and The Roadless Less Traveled, um, that I would recommend. But Vincent, thank you so much for being here today. I mean, much. absolutely incredible. It was
1: my pleasure. Last thing, if you want to uh, learn about your habits and maybe be accountable to yourself, you can go over to www.getverb.co, that's .co, um, and there is a uh, waiting list entry. So it's just your name and your cell phone number. Awesome. And it'll all be based off of that. So if you have any interest in doing that, um, get on this journey with us.
0: And your, um, if you are in the Westchester area, yes. his uh, gym is the Body the,
1: Blueprint. The Body Blueprint in Pelham, New York. And, your um, website. and my website is thebodyblueprint.co also. Yep. Right. Perfect. Thank
0: Sounds you. Good. Thank you so much for, you for being here today. Me. High five. All right. And to everybody else, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. That concludes this episode. If you enjoyed it, feel inspired and would like to hear more, please subscribe to the Relentless Minds podcast via the link in the show notes or visit laurihimenez.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.